Game play. Let's play fantasy football now. Adam Koffler is here, fantasy writer for Mojo and Rotoballer. Adam, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. So uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down. Um, how does that impact uh, Alan Lazard and, and Garrett Wilson? Uh, it's a pretty significant impact on Garrett Wilson. And, and people people were very high on Garrett Wilson coming into the season. Looked like looked like a perennial top five sort of fantasy wide receiver. Uh, now we're looking at a guy who's probably a back-end wide receiver, too. Like, the, the Jets are implied to score 14.8 points this week. I think that's the lowest on the on the slate for week two uh, against the Cowboys defense. That's going to be that's gonna be a difficult task for Zach Wilson and, and company. And, and Alan Lazard is probably unstartable in fantasy football at this point with, uh, with Zach Wilson under center. Yeah, just a massive, uh, you know, a couple of plays in, gone. Uh, a big void. Talk about bad timing. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from busy week one from a fantasy per, uh, perspective and a uh, piece of advice you can give to fantasy managers? Yeah, I think I think it's really important to try not to overreact to uh, to things in week one, but I think there's a lot of really good takeaways um, that you can take from, from week one and, and utilize moving forward. Like, for example... Christian Kirk last year was a was a top fifteen wide receiver in that Jacksonville offense. He was the wide receiver one essentially, um, and, and really produced for fantasy managers last season. Uh, this season we've got Calvin Ridley, and believe it or not, it was Zay Jones that was operating in wide receiver in two wide receiver sets for the Jaguars ahead of Christian Kirk. So Christian Kirk came off the field in in uh, two wide receiver sets. He only played sixty percent of the snaps and saw three targets. So we have to we have to completely shift our expectations for a guy like Christian Kirk. I wouldn't drop him, but you can't start him while Calvin Ridley is healthy, right? So we have to we have to take take what we learned from Week One, use it moving forward. He's got contingency value, obviously, because if Calvin Ridley were to miss any time, we saw what Kirk did last season as the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. So we have to sort of use some of this stuff um, and uh, adjust our expectations after Week One. Okay, along those same lines, I mean, obviously you can overreact to what happened in week one. So two categories, based on what you saw in week one, risers and fallers heading into week two. Sure, good question. So a guy I was lower on coming into the season was uh, was Michael Pittman. Because I didn't think Anthony Richardson was uh, a mature enough thrower of the football. Uh, but Michael Pittman uh, saw a 29% target share in week one. Uh, he had 11 targets, scored a touchdown. It looked like they were trying to get him the ball, and Anthony Richardson looked better than advertised as a passer. So I think he's a he's a big-time riser. Um, looks like the Colts are going to be one of the fastest-paced teams in the league under a uh, new offensive coordinator or new head coach uh, Shane Steichen, uh, who came from the Eagles. Uh, so really like Michael Pittman. Also really like uh, Zay Flowers there in Baltimore, the rookie. Looks like they're do- doing whatever they possibly can to get him the ball. Kind of, kind of feels like a Kadarius Tony type, but a guy who uh, is going to stay on the field. Uh, Tony can't stay on the field. Zay Flowers played ninety percent of the snaps as a, in his first uh, NFL game. So, really like what I saw out of Zay Flowers and uh, and Michael Pittman uh, coming out of Week One. Um, any fallers there? Yeah. So, so Christian Kirk is a faller. Uh, we mentioned him before. Uh, Khalil Herbert in Chicago is a faller. Played uh, he played early, but he only played thirty five percent of the snaps. Uh, the game in Chicago got a little bit out of hand, so they brought in multiple backs uh, in Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson. Uh, Roshan Johnson, the rookie, looked pretty good, uh, and it, it appears he could be uh, he could be taking some of that third down work, which is going to give him some targets. 
Um, we don't want targets taken away from Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert. Uh, and it looks like that might be the case. So uh, I'm downgrading him. I'm also downgrading Cam Akers. Uh, he appeared to be the starter heading into the season, but once again, uh, head coach Sean McVay kind of pulled the rug out from underneath him like he's done in the past. And, uh, and Kyron Williams actually saw uh, the majority of the work there in, in Los Angeles and, and looks to be the back that is going to play on their downs, is going to play on the, you know, the long down and distance. And, and those are the valuable snaps that we want for our running backs to be getting. So uh, Cam Akers down, Khalil Herbert down, Christian Kirk down. Uh, again, going back to week one, because that's all we have, uh, was there a surprise performance? And if you have one, does do you think it continues on? Surprise performance. Um, so we saw we saw some breakouts here. Um, Brandon Ayuk kind of really broke out. He really looks like the alpha wide receiver one in San Francisco, and everybody thinks that they can't um, – they can't handle all the all the talent there in, in San Fran between CMC, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. But it looks like Kittle's really ro- risen to the top of that uh, of that room, and it looks like Brock Purdy is going to be the guy that can support uh, Debo, Ayuk, and, and and CMC. And and it really looks like Ayuk is a is a back end wide receiver one for the rest of the season. I think that sticks one hundred percent. As you look at week two, are there any high owned players you consider sitting this week? I own, yeah, I mean, it, listen, I know it, it, it's going to be a difficult thing to do, but if you've got two or three wide receivers that you can start over, like, even a Garrett Wilson, like, that's something to consider. Um, DJ Moore is another guy. He saw two targets um, for the Bears uh, in his debut with Chicago. Justin Fields did not look like he took a step forward as a passer. That offensive line is, is, is atrocious to be uh, – um, quite frank, in Chicago, he's another guy I'd be downgrading. Um, and then uh, like Terry McLaurin's another guy. Terry McLaurin's a guy um, looked to be coming into the season. He, he had a little bit of a turf toe injury, but he was fully healthy coming into week one. I think he saw five targets. Just just not not a ton of excitement there uh, for Terry McLaurin. And then, and then Drake, Drake London's another guy. So Drake London's a super talented receiver uh, for the Falcons. Um, solid 28% target share last season, something ridiculous, very good. But looks like they're going to be a low, low-volume passing offense. Just wants to run the ball with uh, B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. So that's another guy that, that I'm sort of wait-and-see approach uh, on before I uh, put him back into my starting lineup. Well, let's deal with Swift, a massive talking point in the fantasy community. One carry, one target in week one. What do you think his production looks like tonight and beyond? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, I'm actually a Philadelphia native myself, so I've got some background into the Eagles. Uh, watch pretty much every game. Uh, with Kenny Gainwell out for week two, uh, for tonight, it looks like DeAndre Swift is going to have a really good opportunity to seize that, seize control of that backfield. Because when, when Gainwell saw a career high 62% of the snaps last week, he didn't do a ton with his 18 touches, right? And because of what happened in week one, that workload, he came out of it with a rib injury. He hasn't practiced all week. He's already been ruled out. So DeAndre Swift is going to really get that opportunity. The Eagles gave up a fourth-round pick for him in the offseason. So they're going to want to see what he can do with more work. And, he's, listen, he's a Philadelphia native, and the Eagles are playing in Philadelphia tonight. He's going to be in front of, like, friends and family. This is his opportunity to shine. If he doesn't get it done tonight, 
Like, that's it for his fantasy value. Kenny Gainwell's going to come back. They're going to trust Kenny Gainwell. They're going to trust Boston Scott. They might even trust Rashad Penny over DeAndre Swift. So it's a make it or break at night for him. But I think if you have him, uh, you're putting him into your fantasy football lineups tonight. Uh, Adam, let's go out with this one. Uh, what waiver pickups are you eyeing ahead of week two? Waiver picks up, pickups ahead of week two. So, so that's, a, that's a great question. So one thing we've seen, I think it's really important to follow the beat of the practice reports each and every day. So Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Wednesdays, a lot of vets take off. Thursdays, those vets come back, usually in practice, at least in a limited fashion. Uh, one guy who's not practicing today is DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins appeared to have suffered some sort of ankle injury in week one. Um, so he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. So you look to the Tennessee receiver room and you say, okay, who's, who's the guy who's going to step up and who didn't step up in week one? I mean, it's Traylon Burks and it's Chiga Conquo. Chigakonko is a tight end, but he ran uh, a route on 80% of the snaps, uh, was on the field for 90% of the snaps, which is super high. I'm sure people dropped him after he didn't produce in week one, but he's a guy, like if DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss some time, Chigakonko is going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of targets in Tennessee. So um, uh, not only would I preemptively pick him up, like if DeAndre Hopkins misses week two, I would absolutely start Chigakonko in my tight end slot with confidence. It's a great time of the year, early stages of the NFL season, all kinds of possibilities. Adam, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Ad- you too. Adam Koffler, fantasy writer for Mojo and, and Rotoballer. And-